Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, your name is to be praised. And Lord God, we just pray we glorify you tonight. Teach your word, Lord God. Reveal it to us. Bring it to us in clarity and understanding. And may we, Lord God, honor you as we learn the deeper things, as we learn the things that you want us to learn. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so in fighting your winning battle, we're going to, we're going to, we're getting ready to wrap up Joshua, okay? So go to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And go to Joshua chapter 24 and go to verse 31. There's something we have to get a good, good understanding about the whole book of Joshua. What we need to understand and I want you to get this, this mindset. In your winning battle, you know, as we continue to fight, you know, Joshua's getting ready to die, and he's, he's moving on, and he actually he's dead by the time we read this. And he, he's moving on, okay? And Israel is moving on as well. Um, and Israel, as we talked last week, they're going to move on without anyone that's literally had the mantle passed to anyone else. It's just... There's no Moses. Joshua's gone. Okay. Soon, Eleazar, all these folks are going to be gone. All right. But what's next? So look at verse 31. And as we get ready to read this, I want you to understand this is a transition. They're coming to another transition, just like we came when we were in Joshua chapter 1. So in verse 31, it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who survived Joshua and had known all the deeds of the Lord which had which which he had done for Israel. Something key here. As long as Israel had in front of them a leader that served the Lord, guess what Israel did? They served the Lord. Okay? If you ever and I want, I want you to get in mind, this is not just directed to me as a pastor. This is every one of you. Every one of you who's a born-again Christian, believer in Christ, you are a leader. Whether you know it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, you are a leader. Because at any given time, you'll be, you're, you're going to be on your own, that means without someone there, and you're going to have an opportunity to present the gospel. You are a leader. And so, just like Joshua, and just like Israel, we all have to continue to serve God. In our fighting or winning battle, we have to understand that we have to have the right leaders in front of us, and we have to be the right leader in front of everyone to really get a true understanding of how we're going to win our battle. Okay? We have to do that. If we don't, then we we suffer the we, we run the risk of what? Of going astray. Okay? Which is what we're going to find out in judgment. We're going to run this risk. So let's break down cha uh, chapter 24, verse 31. Very, very, uh, let's try to get as much detail as we can. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Stop right there. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Joshua was the leader. It, it, didn't say anything about, it didn't say anything about Moses right here. It says Joshua. So now we find that Joshua was the standard that has been set as a leader. Okay. Uh, let's use me as an example. As a pastor, I'm the example that's being set. Okay? When I had my knee surgery, I came to church, didn't I? Right? I set the standard, didn't 
okay? Brother Ken, he had his hernia surgery. He came on the church, didn't he? He's like, I can't lay out because you didn't lay out, right? Okay, I'm just, I'm just speaking. Leave Brother Charles. When did you have your surgery? About a week and a half? Uh, two weeks. Here he is. He's got the stick. You're following the leader, okay? You're following the leader. Well, it's the same thing for you, even when you're out in the business world, when you're out at work, when you're out, you know, shopping or whatever, you become a leader and you, you set that standard. So we see that the word of God, look at the word of God again. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And then look at the rest of it. And all the days of the elders who survived Joshua. So what did Joshua do? Well, he instilled into who? The leaders. Keep in mind, go back to, um, flip back to the page. Go to uh, verse 1 in chapter 24. Verse 1 in chapter 24. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for the heads and their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. So who did Joshua make accountable? The leaders. Okay? So it's no different than me as a pastor. If I say, Don, come up here. You're going to sit over here in the front, and I'm getting ready to preach a charge to you. Okay? Jason, come up here. Sit up here on the front. We're getting ready to preach a charge to you because I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going to be gone. And here's what needs to happen. Period. Okay? I'm going to be gone. All right? We're going to be gone to Kentucky in a couple of weeks. What's going to happen? Well, Eric, he's going to be teaching on a Wednesday night. Was that Wednesday night while I'm gone? So guess what Eric needs to hear? Eric, you know, you need to listen to the Lord. You need to serve the Lord. Don't, don't do what I'm telling you. Do what God tells you. But me as a leader, I should be doing what? Telling him, make sure you follow God. I have a young lady at work. She says, she says, I'm really struggling with some stuff. Really struggling. I said, okay, what's going on? Well, I'm tempted to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. I said, here's your problem. Here's your problem. You're trying to stand on both sides of the fence and serve God and enjoy the world. You can't do it. You cannot do it. I said, where's your pastor at? She said, well, I'm in this big church. You know, We've got thousands of members, members and I, I can leave a message for the secretary, but I can't get him. I said, see, here's your problem. You, you're not strong enough. You're not spiritually strong enough to fight this on your own. And then you're not seeking the right counsel. That's the next thing. She said, well, I think I'll come out and start going to your church. I said, you can if you want to, if God is leading you this way. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to take it light on you just because you're a member sitting in this, in this pew feeling bad about yourself. I'm not going to do that. Have I ever pulled any punches with any of y'all? No. Everybody's like, no, yeah. And I'm not going to because guess what? As a leader, I need to do what with you? I need to prepare you for when I'm gone or when I'm away or when you have those hard times, right? So guess what? I, that's fine. You can, you're going to have your issues. You're going to have your, 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 your everything come up. But at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you to pull your pants up and let's go out here and let's do this thing. And let me tell you how you're going to have to do it. So I told this young lady this. I said, you're going to, I said, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not pulling any punches with her right now. She's like, well, I think I need to leave my husband. I said, you ain't. I said, God ain't telling you that. But what you want to do is this and that because you found someone else. Because she came to me. She said, I, 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 I said, I said, hold on. First off, I ain't Catholic. So don't confess to me. Okay? That's what she said. She grabbed me. She said, I see it. I said, well, well, 
I said, have you talked to God about this? Why are you talking to me about it? Why are you talking to me about it? And I know, and, and y'all, just the way I'm talking to you now, this is the way I was talking to her. She had to know, hey, listen, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You, 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 you stumbled and you stumbled. And then the next day she said, I'm really struggling with this. I said, because you're not getting the leadership and you're not getting fed the way you should be. That's the problem. And you're playing church to stop it. So anyway, I said all that so we can understand this is why the elders who survived Joshua served the Lord. Because Joshua didn't pull any punches with him. In chapter 24, Joshua recounted the history of Israel, did he not? He recounted the history of it. He reminded them of what God had done. See, that's what we have to be reminded. What did God do for you? Never. Well, he saved my soul, Brother David. Yeah, yeah, I got that. We all get that. Everybody sitting in here right now saved by the blood of Christ. Yes, he saved your soul. That is worthy of praise and shouting and everything else. And you know what? That's all he has to do for you. He doesn't have to do anything else. He saved your soul, so guess what you need to do? Once again, put your boots on, put your pants up, and get out there and go to work. If he don't do nothing else for you, that's what you understand. Joshua might as well have told the elders that. If God don't do nothing else for you, he's done enough for you so that you should always serve him. And the elders got it because the word is written. Joshua, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Joshua wouldn't let him go. See, your family members that struggle, your, your co-workers that struggle, okay, all of these people that struggle all in your life, guess who's the leader in their life? Guess who's the spiritual leader in their life? You. Now, what does this got to do with your winning battle? First off, it puts the battle in perspective. It puts the battle in perspective. It's not about you and your problems. It's about seeing someone else's problems as worse than yours. Okay? I look at Ernie. I'm like, Ernie, you know what? I may be in worse shape than you, but you're more important than me. So I'm going to pour everything I can into you so you can go out and pour something else in. And so Jason can go pour something else in. And Becky and Chris and Eric, everybody start pouring stuff in. And, and then we have a lot of people fighting the right battle. And we're winning. We're winning the way Christ wants us to win. But I gotta develop all of you. Just like you have to help me to develop. Alright? You gotta tell me, Brother David, stop wearing these things. It's too bright, I can't see. Jason can pull it up. I can't. Well, listen. Anyway. So look, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, now here's the key, and had known all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Understand it. Fighting your winning battle, understand your motivation. Because of what God has done for me, I'm going to do this. Not for what God is going to do. We know he's coming to take us to heaven. We know that, Right? If you don't, then we got to talk because you ain't saved if you don't believe you're going to heaven. You, everybody in here know they're going to heaven? Anybody not believe that they're going to heaven? Okay. So you know what he's going to do, but what our motivation has got to be is what, what, what did he do? That helps you in your winning battle. That helps you to understand this. And me as a leader, I have to continue to remind you of that. 
He, he got you up. Right? He got you up. Woo, he did that. So since I'm up, you know, it's kind of like the choke the youth did when they were doing the skit. And Jesus woke up that one. He woke up that one. And then what happened? Right after, right after that, after he woke up that one, Satan stepped right in and took over the one that Jesus woke up. That can't be, y'all. We can't immediately wake up and then surrender to the devil, to the temptation, and all of that other stuff. Uh, we found that plaque here, that sign, that, that, that thing that says, Lord, give, thank you, Lord, for waking me. I mean, not waking me up, but Lord, today so far, this, this is a little thing we found somewhere in one of these rooms. We need to clean it up. It says, Lord, today so far, I've not been angry at anyone. I haven't said anything bad about anyone. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done all this stuff. And he said, Lord, I'm just now getting out of bed. So now I'm asking you to help me the rest of the day. You know, and this is what happens. Okay, you acknowledge that he woke you up. But then you start losing the battle throughout your day because you surrendered because Satan's stepping in like, hey, got another one that's awake. Let me go in here and deal with it. And then we, we, we forget what he's done. We forget what he's done. So the elders of Israel helped Israel to continue to serve God because they didn't forget what God had done for them. They didn't forget. As a leader, Joshua told them, don't ever forget. Remember. As a leader, as a pastor, don't ever forget. As leaders for each other. When Miss Linda's down, Miss Dean needs to turn and say, hey, look, you need to remember what God did for you. Don't pull any punches. Don't pull any punches. Go for the jugular. Because you, you know what? We gotta be, we gotta, we gotta get it real quick. Y'all, we're gonna have our down days. We're gonna be depressed, but we don't have time to be depressed and, and, and let it cause us to be non-functioning. Okay? I'm depressed, but it doesn't keep me from functioning. I'm not picking on depression. I got it. Hey, you know, you claim that no, it's not, it's there. But it's my thorn. It's my it's my second Corinthians chapter 12. But it doesn't shut me down. You can't shut it. You don't have time for it. You don't have time for it. One day, it's going to go away. I know that. Okay? So as a leader, what do I need to teach you? Living out there in the world and free. Put them on. It's like a long time ago, I was riding my 10-speed bike. Up in Maryland, we had bike trails all over the place. I was riding my bike, and I'm racing my friend down the hill, and we're going for it, and this kid runs out in front of me in the trail, right? And I'm, I'm 10 years old on the bike. And I, I swerved, you know, rookie mistake, I swerved. And when I swerved, I hit this curve, okay? And it stopped the bike, and I'm running full speed. I'm coming off this hill, he runs out, I'm dodging, and it stopped the bike, okay? Throws me off, but the bike goes up in the air. So not only did I fall and I, I, I land in the mulch in the playground, but I skin up my elbows and then I'm sitting there and the bike is, I mean, it's like a, a long slow motion action scene. Next thing I know, wham, right in the back of the head. And I'm, I fall over and I just, I just cried. Didn't knock me out, but I was like, man, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here laying in the mulch. My bike just hit me. It just fell on my head. And I'm laying and so my friends, they go home and they get my dad. 
My dad comes down the hill on, on the bike. Now, my dad was, he was the worst bike rider than I was. But I got good. My dad was terrible. And he comes down the hill on his bike and he stops. And on my sister's bike, and he stops. And I'm crying. And, you know, the bike is, you know, laying there. And I'm laying there. And he looks at me and he says, Boy, get up. Get on that bike. He goes over and he checks the bike. The rim ain't bent. Okay. The handlebar's a little twisted. So he picks the bike up. He straightens the handlebar. Get up, boy. Go on. Finish the race. I'm like, <laughs> you know. And, I, you know, it's ugly crying. Really ugly crying. Because, you know, my bike, a 10-speed bike, 26-inch wheels, it hit me in the top of the head. You know, thank God I had my little twin teeny afro then. So it was a little bit of cushion. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? But he, he didn't have time. He said, there's no time for this. You're okay. You're not knocked out. You're crying. You have a scuffed up arm. You've scuffed yourself up before, son. Go on. I get on the bike and we finish. We go on back home. You know, I don't even go get band-aids or nothing. And I'm like, you know, I guess I'm going. And this is way before bicycle helmets were mandatory, right? And you know, them old bikes, they were made out of some stick, so some thick. Well, that, that steel, I mean, it was some tubing, buddy. And that's why I didn't let him twist with the handlebars, because nothing bent. I mean, I took the whole brunt of everything. He led me in that day. Because guess what happened? A few weeks later, I fell off my bike again. But what did I learn? Fell before. Huh? It didn't kill me. It didn't kill me. This is what Israel taught the elders. Um, Joshua taught Israel and then had the elders teach Israel and had them continue on. Part of your winning battle, part of your winning battle is being a leader that won't waver. You hear what I'm saying? Being a leader that won't waver. You know, we have some great generals in our past, you know. All these guys, Eisenhower, all these great guys. Don't think that they didn't ever get scared. Don't think that it never happened. It did, but they didn't wait. Okay? They didn't they, they didn't wait. Don't think me as your pastor has never I've never been scared or nervous. I've talked to some of y'all about it. But I still couldn't wait. But when it came down to the word of God, you just got to stand. You just got to stand. You've won. You just got to stand. Even though it's going to be, there's some things that make your palms sweat. There's some things that make you nervous. Okay? All, a lot of y'all, this, this, some of y'all in here is tough as nails. Miss Becky. Yeah. You think of Miss Becky, you think of what? Ah, rah. I love you. Ah, come here, let me bite on you. Ah, I don't <laughs> Look at her going, like that, please. Yeah. No, you're not. Jesus didn't die for that. But what'd you tell John when he fell off the stage? Oh, boy, you going to sing today. It is. Yeah, yeah, see? He broke his leg. He broke his leg, son. I fractured his leg and sprained his ankle or whatever. Becky comes back and looks at this. this Cantaloupe on the side of his leg. Oh, you fine. You singing today. <laughs> Guess what he did? He got a little cane and he found his way up there. 
Okay? Now we know John is the music minister, but at that point, who became the leader? Becky did. And I wasn't going to tell her no. <laughs> John also knows that he um, how scared to death I was to sing that song. You see, you see, and she took. But look what her look what her fear did. It made her go into a leadership mode and take some authority. Okay, don't don't ever do stuff like that in front of me and say not to be an example. Okay, you will be an example. <laughs> but that's what happened. That's what happens to her. So. You can't wait. Go back to verse 27 of Joshua 24. And in verse 27, we're going to take a little trip backwards. Joshua is talking to the people. And he says, this, he said, Joshua said to all, to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us. Now notice what he said. This is after the people have said, well, no, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve him, and we're going to do all this. Okay. This stone is going to be a witness against not just you, but us, me. I'm a leader as well. This stone is going to be a witness against us. For it has, it has heard all the words of the Lord, which he spoke to us. Thus shall be a witness against you that you may not deny your God. Joshua was was stern in his direction that no matter what goes on, don't deny God. If you want to keep winning, if you want to keep being successful, if you want to keep moving forward for the mission of Christ, don't let anything get in the way and don't deny God. Don't do it. We can't. You know, it's election season. So Bonnie's giving me a hard time because there's this one commercial that comes on, and I just flip the channel every time it starts because it's just it's annoying. And I'm not going to mention any names because I'm preaching, but it's the singing. It's the guy that has the song. Oh, goodness. And when it comes on, I'm like, oh, no, he's singing again. So finally, last night, it vexed me so much that it broke me. And I started singing the song with the commercial. <laughs> I said, I might as well sing it. Buddy listened to me. She said, if you start singing that in your sleep, I'm going to slap you. I said, I'm not going to sing it, sing it in my sleep. But I started singing. I caved. I caved to the song. So I get up. I'm going to work this morning. And I'm singing the song. <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah, I'm singing the song. Man, I went to go vote for this guy just so he'll stop singing the song. But I'm singing. He's, he's singing. And you know what I had to do? When I got to work, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to stop. This has got to stop. So I plug in my phone, and I get on some Christian music, and I get that washed out of my head. And now I can't even remember. Nobody, please. I can't remember the tune. I don't want to remember the tune. But I got this song, this spiritual song in my head now that is speaking with me. Because I didn't let the song continue to replace God. Okay, I know that seems like a stretch, but understand, I didn't let the song replace God. Something as simple as a song, something as simple as, as you know, your, your spouse, something as simple as, you know, your car, something, your job, uh, something you like to eat, whatever, you can't let it replace God. And so, and, and, and put your own self in denial. Joshua was saying, let this, this stone has heard all the words of the Lord. It is going to be a witness against you so that you cannot deny God. You cannot deny God. 
And everything that has happened in your life, not everything that's going to happen, but everything that has happened has been a witness against you that you cannot deny God. John had a fracture in a spring and on a cane. Right? 
You will meditate on it day and night. What did Joshua do in verse 26? And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law. So the very commitment that they made to God in front of everyone was added to the law. Right here. So that they will stick to it, that it will be, that you will be helped. You see, and keep in mind, it was a covenant that was made. So when you start to this, now, now I'm going to tie it together for you now. When you start denying God, or you start putting things in front of God, you begin to break the covenant. When you break a covenant with God, you lose. Why do you think Jesus taught it's better not to make a vow than to make one and break it? You see? You see? This is how you start losing your winning battle. Because the winning rules and guidelines are all laid out for you. They're all there for you. They're all made ready for you. And the moment you sit there and you say, well, I'm going to let our sound system get in front of the worship service. This, you know, and I'm, I'm not picking on John, but it's more important for that screen to be pretty than it is for the pastor to preach the word of God. Guess what? We've let something else get in the way of the service. Okay? Those youth members that did their did their um, their drama, their skit, without any music, because the music went out. Guess what they didn't do? They didn't let the technology get in the way of what they were doing, which was sending a message of God. If this microphone right now stops working, guess what I'm going to... Well, I'm done preaching, y'all, the microphone. Huh? I don't need it anyway, right? This is just for the folks that can't get here. But you see, you cannot, you cannot let any of this deny God. Get your priorities straight. Get your priorities straight. And let me tell you something. As a church, let me tell you, Sulphur Springs Baptist Church, you, you're getting there. I ain't going to ever say you, you're there. Because no one has arrived. No one has arrived. We will never arrive until we're at the feet of Jesus. But you're going in the right direction. Why? Well, go back and look at the mission room. Go back and look. When Mike Roper comes in and just covers his mouth and starts laughing, because he's like, I don't know how you're going to get all that up there. But it's going. When he comes in and starts laughing because we got more, because we got we got the 12 baskets that, that are being gathered up after the loaves have been divided, after the fish have been divided, that's all this is, is just the 12 baskets, y'all. But you want to know why he's doing this? I mean, Miss Linda comes in and says, I got another throw and it's brand new. I have to tell her to keep it. We, ain't gonna, we, don't, we got 141. We didn't need 120. I said, you got to keep it. Now I take that back. Bring it. We're going to take it. Somebody's going to need it. If, you, if it showed up, it needs to be given. So guess what? Bring it on. We'll get it up there some kind of way. I don't care if we've got to make paper airplanes to carry the stuff up there. It will get there. Chris, I don't call him up. He brings a whole snoodle full of glasses in here. You know, I think he's going to have 10, 12 pair of safety glasses and a few earplugs. You know, there's a bunch full of stuff. I'm like, but oh. <laughs> it's going to work. First Baptist, Bell City, <clears throat> sends. Uh, a couple hundred paint rollers because we're painting buildings. 
Yo, you want to know why this is happening? Because we're keeping the covenant with God. When he says in Matthew 28, go out to all nations and teach them, guess what? That's what we're doing. And God says, guess what I'm doing? I'm, I'm equipping you. You're going to go. That's what he's doing. We're not putting anything else in front of that. And guess what? That's just Kentucky. What's going to happen when we go to Guatemala? What's going to happen when VBS starts? Can you imagine what VBS is going to look like this year, y'all? If he's doing this for a small town of 150 people. See, this is how you win the battle. The church has gotten focused now. We're not worried about, look, Miss D, you might sit back there on Sunday, but on Wednesdays, guess where you are? You're up here. On Tuesdays, guess what? You ain't down, you ain't up here, you're you, you down here. Okay? Guess what happens? You can have surgery two weeks ago. Brother Charles, I mean, you know, he's two years younger than Methuselah right now. And he's getting up and coming in after surgery. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. still Don't worry, he'll get me back later. That's him. That was funny, <laughs> He's keeping, he's keeping the covenant. I'm not gonna let anything stop me from serving God. I'm not gonna let anything deny me. So guess what? His recovery is going well. Woo! Woo! So that's what Joshua's teaching the people. As a leader, that's what we have to teach people. Don't think you just need the pastor. Don't think you just guess because he, because see what we're gonna find out is go back to verse 31. Go back to verse 31. Let's read it again. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who served survived Joshua and had known all the uh, deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now look at this. The elders carried it on. Now, now I'm about to tell you about how we lose it though. Because this only lasted one generation. One generation and it all flipped. They forgot to pass it on. Like us. Guess what we're spending time doing in our churches that are getting on fire for God? We're spending our time first unlearning what we learned because we learned wrong. Right? Well, I always thought this was okay. Listen, we've been married 34 years. She was in the church long before me. And she learned all this stuff. And then God puts on me, study my word, David. Yes, sir. And I study. Then I start calling into question what she's been learning, all her traditions. And now, how many traditions have you unlearned? Remember this one? <laughs> Don't touch that wooden table. It's a wooden table. Don't touch that remembrance, remembrance table. Don't, don't cover up the, you know, hey, for the first time, guess what? Majority of the people I work with at work, at work, we're about 92% black. Okay? We're black black people. So I'm standing there and I'm talking to someone yesterday. Y'all remember what I talked to you about that, right? Yep. 
Remember, who doesn't know what I talk to? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Anyway, I'm talking to another a team leader, and this young lady, the one that has the same struggle with her sin, she, instead of coming through, she ducks down and she does this. I say, hey, stop. I said, first off, I still saw you. So you could have just walked through. I said, but do you know what that means when you do that? She said, no. She said, yeah, what, what's that? You know, we do it in church. We walk around, we, you know, what this means? Excuse me. No, it doesn't. So I'm standing there with some other black people that do the same thing in their church. You do that? I said, you realize that in, I see you need to know, you need to know your history. You realize that in, in, in the day when there were slaves, that black people and white people actually went to church together? And there were black people that went to church with their dad? You see, you don't ever see that, you know, in the in movies. You always, you know, we're free long enough to go to church apart. No, it ain't. Because guess what? Anybody who's a, who's a slave, if they can get away, they're going to get away if they don't want to be there, right? And you're going to send them away, and, you know, black folks went to church for eight hours, right? You think they ain't going to let, you know, so they went to church. And, and yeah, in history. And I said, do you know what happened? Well, the slaves sat in front of the master. The masters were in the back, so they could watch their slaves. And when it was time to go to the restroom, or they had to get up and leave, they would look back at their master, and they would, you know, nod, the master would nod, and then that slave would get up, and would have him hold up his finger and walk out of the circle. That was telling everyone else who was wondering why the slave was moving, you're unexcused. I have permission to go outside to the back. Well, those three team members at work, who would happen to be black, were like, <gasps> and one of them, their exact response was, the devil's a liar. I said, no, he ain't. And I said, yeah, he is, but this ain't a lie. This is the truth. Go back and study your history and understand why you're doing it. You see, this is what we're doing, and this is why we're in a win losing battle. We're in a winning battle, but we're losing it because we don't know. So I just taught three people not to do that anymore. So today we're coming to work and the same one comes through and does this. I said, what are you doing? It doesn't offend me, but I'm just saying, didn't I just teach you something yesterday? Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't put that finger down and walk straight through. Yeah, it's okay. You didn't know that? Yes. And I, I guess where I learned that. I learned that from another black preacher who was on who was teaching his church. Unteaching that. God stop doing that. Because you don't know why you're doing it. And so this is what we are. And so Joshua spent this time teaching Israel the right way. And he taught the elders the right way. But then the elders kept it. So guess what? I can always preach. One day. We're going to be gone, and if the Lord tarries for another 60 years, who are you going to have ready to fish? Huh? You ain't see nobody's in line. Jason, who's going to be doing the electrical work? Who? John, who's going to be running the sound system? Who? If Jim were here, Jim, who's going to be doing what you do, the money? Who's going to do that? Cindy. Who knows what you know? I know, yeah, you get paid, I get that. 
I get paid, but I still teach you what I know. So you'll learn right, and it'll continue on. Who's going to do that? Well, you see, this is what happened to Israel. All the days of Joshua, look at it. They served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And then Joshua did what he was supposed to do. He taught the elders. And then the elders, who had known the deeds of the Lord, they served. But when we jump over to judges, and you start looking at your Gideon, because even though Gideon did some things, but Gideon did some real messed up stuff, y'all. Okay? Who's it, Jephthah? Jephthah? He did some messed up stuff. Samson did some messed up, and it gets why? Yeah, God still used them, but they could have been so much more. And Israel's biggest problem, Israel's biggest problem was they did what was right in their own sight. That's what our problem is today. We're doing what's right in our own sight. We think it's okay the way we're living our lives, the way we're conducting our lives. Y'all, Sunday sermon, and I'm going to tell you right now, Sunday sermon is, I'm going to give you the title of it right now, because God has poured his on me. Is doing absolutely nothing with your grace. And we're going to hear about it. And you're going to, yeah, you're going to hear about it. And the whole point is, y'all, Israel did nothing with what God did, gave them. What he, understand, with what he gave them. Okay? Past tense. I hope this makes sense. Does this make any sense to you tonight? I know everybody learned this, right? Yeah. We're not talking about city slippers, right? Yeah. It's one thing. It's, it's, and here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Look at this. Look at it. Let's, let's take the school. Let's take what he just said. There's not a person in here that would have dated one of their teachers or been friends with them on Facebook. First off, our teachers, when we were in school, were a good 40 or 60 years older than us. And they look as good as they do now. Right? My, yeah, blue, blue hair, okay. My, my second grade teacher, her nickname was Miss Battleaxis. Okay, because she was mean. You didn't want to mess with her. But we learned from her. We learned from Miss Battleaxis. Miss Battleaxis, and, and she was one of those teachers that wore a dress and her stockings were rolled up to right here. And she had on black shoes. And she'd come in there, and when Miss Battleaxis came through, her middle name was Miss Baby. When she came through, though, you left Miss Battleaxe alone. I mean, that's what you, and she knew we called her Battleaxe, but guess what she expected? Jump. That's fine. And right now, you're going to do what I tell you to. Man, we're going to do it, Miss Battleaxe. Yeah, that's it. And that's what happened. And, 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 and it helped us be successful through the second grade. Okay? It helped us be successful. Because when that third grade teacher got us, guess what? She got some good kids. She got some good kids. And guess what that helped us to do? Be better students. We learned more. We started grasping. We started getting more. 
all because of this day. And we knew when she walked in the hallway, we knew her walk from yesterday. Okay? So understand, Joshua does the same thing. So your role as a leader in the winning battle is first off, recognize that you are a leader. You're a leader. Miss Anna, you are a leader. When you stand here like you did on Sunday and talk about what you talk about, you set a standard for everyone else that, hey, guess what? Miss Anna can get up and talk about the Lord, so can I. Okay? If Miss Anna can do this, so can I. If, if John can break his leg and still come here, and you know, so can I. Okay? And that's what we have to get. So, this, I want you to understand this because we're now going to talk about Israel's failures starting next week when we get into Judges chapter 1. Now, there's a lot of success in Judges. There's a lot of failures in Judges. And Judges kicks off with a pretty good mode. That, hey, they're doing all right, just like we do when, we're, when we first get rejuvenated. You remember the days when we needed revival? And you'd come out of that revival and you would, well, you know what? We just need to live in revival. Revival is not a week. I'm not going to have it. I, I have not passed it that way. Yes, I did the week celebrating Jesus, but I'm not going to come in here and have a week of sermons to get you charged up just because you're tired of hearing me. You know, you think they weren't charged and tired of hearing Joshua? But did he ever bring in a guest preacher? No. He never brought in a guest preacher. He remained the leader and stood strong. you got to do the same. You gotta do the same. You can't, you can't afford not to obey God. You can't afford not to. See now, look what we have. I got a deacon, 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 I got a deacon everywhere that can but guess what? Y'all can already teach. But I'm still I'm getting ready to start getting you to hey, dinner jobs and buddies taking a battery out right now. <laughs> Some of y'all are gonna be sitting here for when you teach. So, you, so, so the generations can see. We got a church member that's going to start a Bible study. A church member that's going to start. Hey, a church member that's going to start a Bible study in this church. And that happens. But guess what? One day this will be. It's time for me to And if this church is as good as yours, it's time for me to leave. Time for me to leave. Put aside everything else, it's time for me to leave. Guess what, y'all? If that's the only person that does it, success. Success. Okay? So, so don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't, but don't be like God. Because the word, let me show you. This word is a witness against you. This word, because every one of you believes every word of this, right? And it's a witness against you. It's like the risk of breathing is a witness against us. Exactly. It's a witness against you. You got so many witnesses against you, and yet day in and day out, they continue to deny and not accept what God said. Okay? So, when you get aggressive about 
Judges next week. And then we'll go into chapter one. And we'll go, we'll go, we'll be back and forth from one and six, and then we'll kind of like this. Did you understand this tonight? Did you get it? Please tell me if you didn't. If you didn't, that's okay. We'll, we'll keep working on this, okay? I'm not in a rush. This is not read your Bible in a year. Remember, we got rid of that stuff, right? Okay, hopefully nobody's trying to do that anymore. If anybody's trying to do that, we need to talk. Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. You don't have to read your Bible in a year, okay? If you want to read the Rand McNally Roadmap in a year, go ahead. But don't read your Bible in a year. The important thing about your Bible is to get it, understand it, and apply it. And then start learning God. And when you start learning God, you start understanding, hey, I'm winning. So depression, David, yeah, you got it. It keeps me humble. 